nighttime a car squeals it's raining and a puddle goes through a puddle squeals splashes the puddle lands on an old man well it splashes on an old man on the side of the road who has an umbrella and a bulging suitcase and the old man curses damn you towards the car that's squealing away from him little did they know the suitcase was never supposed to be wet so the car drives away it is nighttime but the sun is starting to come up and that's irrelevant but the man quickly brushes off the water from the suitcase cursing to him cursing under his breath he looks around and in the distance from where the car came he sees another car a black minivan pull up from the expression on this, his face we can see that he has been expecting this car the the side panel door opens up marty get in a younger man says and marty the old man lifts his arthritic legs climbs into the into the van and he says boys the suitcase got wet we've got a problem so once in the van and after he says that the driver turns around big bulky muscular guy he would not want to fuck with this guy he's clearly disappointed he says well fuck and then he continues to drive oh shit the old man looks looks around at the two fellas in the in the van and he thinks deeply about his passed on wife and about how she would have wanted him to carry on and he claps the buckles to the suitcase and exposes the wirings to a bomb two days later marty opens his eyes it's morning again but he's in a hotel room and he looks to his left where the suitcase the open suitcase is the bomb and the wiring uh, dry now and just realizes that he has no idea how the time has passed but he has a bump on his head and his legs are feeling less arthritic arthritic than usual so he hops out of bed like a younger man and wonders where this energy came from and where the hell he's been in the past two days. Rubbing the knot on his head, Marty looks inside the suitcase and thinks, Am I getting younger? Is it possible? Could it be that I woke up two days younger? And where have I been for the past two days? And he wonders, is carrying out the bombing a good idea? Is that me or you? I think that was me. Again, I'm, I'm shut The suspense! <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Oh, Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty checks his cell phone. 50 missed texts. Whoa! He looks at the first, the most recent one. Dwight. He remembers the name Foggy, but then it becomes clearer again. And he remembers that Dwight was the man who recruited him for the bombing in the first place. And then he remembers... Oh, man, I'm getting the buzzer. (laughs) That's my buzzer. I'm going to buzz myself here. (laughs) Marty 
decides that he's gonna blow off Blight for another day. The bombing was supposed to be today, but he doesn't remember where the building is, and he's hesitant to try to bomb the wrong building. So, he decides to walk out of the hotel and leave the bomb behind, and he walks the streets, ignoring the missed messages and the mixed calls, and walking with a faster pace and a more clear vision than, bef- than two days prior. So Marty walks into a coffee shop. He orders a large, or vente, <laughs> I don't remember. He orders a vente. I don't remember what Marty did. <laughs> One of those vanilla mocha bullshit. He, no, it was black. Uh, okay. The blackest, strongest coffee he could find. And then he checks his phone again and sees that it's ringing and it's Dwight. So he says, fuck it, I'll answer. He answers and Dwight says, where are you? Where have you been? Marty looks at the barista, who is texting and trying not to let her boss see, and then looks over at the tables where a couple, a couple, is having a conversation. He says, I don't remember. Marty, Marty lives with a lot of regret. He's had a rough life. Vietnam was a hard time for him. <laughs> Maybe his dad was pretty awful. The law firm that wrongfully... It's Dwight! <laughs> no! Marty remembers suddenly... The past two days. He remembers a fight in the van. He remembers someone saying that he fucked up the mission. He remembers being tossed out of the van. And for a, for a brief second there, he remembers being in a bright white room, laying on an operating table. But then it all goes away again. And this time, a new number is calling. But he doesn't recognize the number. Marty, Marty picks up the random phone call. And he questionably asks, Hello? And a deep voice on the other side says, Marty, don't do it. They're going to pin you, pin all the crimes on you. And you'll never see the light of day again. Marty says, Do I know you? And the voice says, It's Tom. You remember? We met at the coffee shop two weeks ago. And Marty's like, Tom, Tom. Oh, Tom, the lawyer. I remember you. And Marty's like, What do you know that I don't? Tom says, You seriously don't remember? We had a whole conversation, and Marty says, Actually, I'm at the coffee shop right now. Where are you? Tom says, I'm out of the country. You don't remember that either? And then he asks them where the suitcase is. Marty vaguely remembers the suitcase again from his fuzzy two-day-old recollection. He says, I have no idea where the suitcase is. He drinks his coffee. Dwight's going to pin everything on you, Marty. You have to stop. You have to get out of this. Tom, I haven't bombed anything yet. You don't have to worry. The suitcase is somewhere, but, but it's not gone off yet. I think I think it got wet. Tom thinks about this, and he's like, Good. I'm flying back tomorrow night. Stay in the area. I'll be there soon. And he hangs up the phone. So Marty has no idea what to do with this information. Marty decides to go back to the hotel mm. to search. To see if there was maybe something that he was missing. When he gets back there, he checks under the bed. He checks the bureaus. He checks inside the Bible, remembering those old trick card books. You know, the... I have one, actually. It's like, it looks like a book, but then you open it and it has... Something else inside. Something in. Or, you know, seeing, having seen the, and still remembering those movies, I hear the hammering somewhere. There's hammering. Oh. Fucking hammering. <laughs> Construction um, outside. Where they carve the Bible out. Yeah. The pages in. That's a stupid idea, though, he says to himself. 
And there's nothing in there anyway. So he finds nothing, and he sits on the bed, almost having given up. And then he sees a spot of blood on the rug. A spot of not fresh blood, but looks like it had recently been... Someone had tried to scrub it clean. And then, upon closer inspection, he sees that there are even smaller specks leading away in a trail towards the closet. Marty follows the trail of blood, and he's hesitant. His hands are shaking. He says, if there's somebody in there, I'm too old to fight him off. But he's afraid. He's afraid that it might be a detective, or it might be one of the guys from the van. And he slowly reaches out, testing the knob first, and then he pulls it open, listening to it creak. And inside is the man from the from the van. He's huddled up into a ball, and he's which hurt. man? The the first man, not the driver, the other guy. The guy that pulled the door open. Yep. Okay. The younger fella. Not the bulky guy. No. Nope. Okay. And he's curled up into a ball, and he's beaten badly. Marty, Marty, the plan's off. Marty says, "Well, shit." Cracks his knuckles. He says, I don't think so. No. No, he doesn't say that. I'm just kidding. That's a completely different character. He glances back over the bed where the bomb still sits on the other side. And he says, what bombing? What is everybody talking about? I I don't remember anything that happened the last two days. How did I get here? Guy says, you don't remember? The lab. We were supposed to bomb the lab. And you were supposed to not get the bomb wet. The young man, Bob, climbs out of the closet and he says, you don't remember? You don't remember what happened in the van? Dwight busted your head open and he threw you out while we were moving. And, well, he circled back and he gave me the same treatment the next day. Marty says, Dwight, Dwight. Oh, and then he remembers the the big, bulky, muscular guy that was driving. That's Dwight, the driver. Yes, of course, Bob says. How do you not remember? How hard did he hit you? And Marty says, well, so what, what do you mean lab? And then Marty remembers being on the operating bed again. And he remembers animals off in his peripheral on the other side of a window that looked like they were being led around in circles or experimented on or something. He couldn't quite picture it. Was I, on, was I in a hospital recently? Bob, Bob looks at Marty and he says, Marty, what, where have you been for the last two days? What's been going on? You were supposed to bomb the lab two days ago, but I'm glad you didn't. And for that matter, I'm glad that I didn't get involved. Dwight's crazy. We don't need to bomb that lab. And Marty says, Bob, listen, I gotta tell you something. The craziest thing happened to me. I've been dealing with arthritis for the last 10 years. And now, look at this. My knees, free. I can move them like I could when I was 25. I'm as spry as a cheetah, he says. And then he remembers the animals again. Did they experiment on me? Bob looks at him. Who? I I have no idea what you're talking about still was a lab. I was in a... The, no. Marty Marty looks to the side. Tries tries his hardest to remember what happened. But it still doesn't come to him. So what do we do now, he says, sh- uh, shrugging the thought away. Bob says, we have to get away from here. Far, far away from here. Do you still have the bomb? Dwight's gonna kill us, Bob says. We have to get out of town. And Marty looks at the bed where the suitcase is lying. And he thinks, I've got an idea. We don't have to be afraid of Dwight anymore. Dwight has to be afraid of us. Bob says, what do you mean? Marty says, well, we have the bomb, right? And it still works. Yeah, Bob says. Marty says, well, do we know where Dwight is? And Bob says, yeah, where he usually is. 
at the bar. Bob walks over and touches Marty's shoulder. Are you sure you don't need me to take you to the hospital? Your memory's really foggy. Lanky's bar, you know, the same place we've always been going. Same place we all met back in college. Marty says, I went to college. (laughs) This damn amnesic man. Yeah, no, just kidding. Bob says, but yeah, at Lanky's pub, where we met, where we met you the first time. Uh, you're going to have to show me where that is, Marty says. So anyway, they grab the bomb, they pack up, they clean out of that room, hoping the maid won't notice the blood or question it, and they head off to Lanky's. They hop in Bob's car, which is a Jeep Wrangler, blue. There's a huge dent in the back right. Don't know what how that happened. But Marty decides that that's the least of their concerns at the moment, as Bob is still bleeding from the head and other parts of his body, and occasionally showing signs that he might not be all there still, and wonders if he should be driving. It's nighttime. They've been driving for about seven hours, listening to country, because apparently that's what Bob likes, and for some reason, the radio will not stop playing Kenny Chesney songs, but Bob loves it, and Bob clearly knows the words. In the back rests the bomb. Ahead, a sign starts to come into... They start to see a sign appear. It's like one of those cheesy light-up signs. It's Langley's... There it is! Bob yells out, interrupting himself as a, from singing that Kenny Chesney song. Marty says, oh yeah, I remember this place. Terrible fries. They were awful. They were soggy. They were gross. And Bob says, that's irrelevant. So, what's the plan? Marty says, Alright, well, are you sure Dwight's in there? And Bob looks into the parking lot and he sees the van sitting there and he's like, Oh yeah, he's in there. And Marty's like, Well, there's going to be a little collateral damage, but here's the plan. So we pull up to the to Langley's. Lanky's. Lanky's, yeah. We pull up to Lanky's. Marty has something up his sleeve. And the sun's coming up again. For some reason, everything that happens has been happening at sunrise. But it it fits. Somebody's stomach just growled. (laughs) Marty's stomach just growled. He's hungry. He realizes as bad as those fries are, he could really go for some fries. And since they haven't seen a restaurant for miles, Lanky's it is. Though, yeah, they're soggy. And he's not looking forward to that. Anyway... They pull up and they get out of the jeep. Marty grabs the bomb. Bob's bleeding has stopped at this point, though he still looks dirty. And Marty wonders if maybe he should have. They should have cleaned up ahead of time so that they don't cause a scene immediately upon walking in the bar. Because despite remembering those fries, hard though they would be hard to forget. He can't quite remember if this is one of those you know hole in the wall bars where people don't give a fuck what you look like or uh fake bar. More of like a tourist attraction with the bar name on. This is a lot to think about, he realizes. But he thinks it's a hole in the walls considering the fact that there hasn't been anything else for miles. They walk through the door. More country music is playing. This time, Garth Brooks. This he can handle a little better. It's standing outside the fire. And for some reason, Marty notes this. And then, across the restaurant, from behind, he sees a bulky figure sitting at the bar. Bald. Muscular. Marty looks at Bob, and he says, Bob, stay here. 
Stay by the door. Marty walks across the dance floor, because there's a dance floor at this bar. And he sees a couple of old hags dancing to this country tune. And he slides the, uh, slides the bomb underneath Dwight's bar stool. And he looks at Dwight and he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the, uh, all the mishap. I'll do, I'll do the bombing tomorrow. I swear. And he leans in and he says, bartender, could I get some of the fries? And bartender walks over with some sopping fries. And he hands him a $5 bill. And Marty says, good luck. And he walks out of the bar. A car squeals up, stops, runs through a puddle. Where the fuck did that puddle come from? Because it hasn't been raining. And then suddenly, after getting splashed, it all comes back to Marty. The fight in the van. Dwight. The bomb. The hospital. And he remembers the drug. He was injected with an animal serum. Bob runs out. No, wait. Fuck. No, Bob stays. The car stops and Tom steps out. Tom says, I've found you. Marty, you haven't done anything stupid yet, have you? Well, <laughs> define stupid. <laughs> if I were you, Tom, I'd step about 50 feet away from this building. Oh, no. They bo- they all look at the the, bank, the building at the same time. And then... All? Yeah. All two of them? All three of them. Oh, Bob's Bob, out there. Bob, Bob. Bob never left, and we never established this. He <laughs> stayed there, and he never followed him. <laughs> I'm buzzing you. Ah! <laughs> So Bob comes out of the building, comes running out, says there's something wrong, but I can't remember what, and comes back and keeps coming out. And then suddenly, Bob runs out of the building, says, you forgot about me, silly. And then, without, well, kind of warning, because they kind of didn't know, like, when it would go off. The bomb, the building blows up. They dive. For some reason, uh, Marty covers Tom. No, you were never supposed to see this. Tom says, what the fuck? And he's got glasses. We haven't established this, but he does. And they've been, they're like off in his face. And, you know, he's, oh, my glasses. They got shattered. So now Tom can't see. Shit. The building's burning. People are running out on fire, burning and dying. Bob says, I knew you'd follow through with the plan. Marty looks at him. Marty says, Tom, we don't have time to look for your glasses. We gotta go. We gotta go right now. Bob's chuckling to himself. (laughs) Look. <laughs> Bob's chuckling into himself. He knows that he had tricked Marty into blowing up the right building. And all three of them run for the car, hop in, and squeal tires on the way out. And in the rearview mirror, Marty notices a single figure amongst all the burning, screaming people. Not on fire. A big, muscular man. Bald man. It's Dwight. And Dwight does the thing, like from Meet the Parents. Where he points his fingers, for those who can't see me, obviously. And then points them back, like, I'll be coming for you. And on his fingers are a broken pair of Tom's glasses. (laughs) This has been the writer's block. Cool kids, remember to subscribe and tune in next week for the next episode of the writer's block the coolest podcast of all time time time